What's up, everybody? This is your main man, Tyler, here with the Around the Bases podcast. Here to recap the second week of the college softball season. Get you set for week three. And pretty much give you the stats. The leaders in the nation of stats. Both individual and teams. And pretty much just offer a glimpse into the full national landscape of college softball right now. Um, Again... You may hear music in the background. Don't worry about that. That's just going to be ambiance, per se, shall we? Um, So don't even worry about that. That's just going to be background noise. Um, And it's late Wednesday night, as it has been the last two weeks I've recorded. So just bear with me as I tried my best to get through everything here. Uh, Big Ten, obviously, hasn't announced a preseason conference champion, so nothing to nothing more to talk about there. Uh, but Princeton was labeled as the Ivy League champion preseason, so that'll be interesting to see how that turns out uh, for them moving forward. And, you know, Harvard has traditionally been a, a decent softball program, but we'll have to just wait and see how the race plays out in the Ivy League this year. So let's dive right into the Week 2 action starting last Thursday. Kelly Maxwell fired a smooth 12 strikeouts in Oklahoma State's 8-0 six-inning victory over Texas A&M to kick off the Tax Act Clearwater Invitational. Just Kelly Maxwell doing her thing. No big deal there. Uh, Montana Fouts, eight strikeouts were enough to hold off a late Duke rally to get a huge 5-4 victory for the Crimson Tide to kick off their time in Clearwater. Louisiana took down Indiana 4-1 thanks to a stellar pitching performance from Megan Shorman. And we, I would say that Louisiana is expected to take down Indiana. Indiana is not like a softball power or anything, but... That's just my opinion. Liberty once again unable to pick up the signature victory as Ainsley Forbush walked it off for the uh, Ole Miss Rebels to take the 3-2 win down in Mexico. Florida State jumped out to an early lead against Arizona and was able to hold on to pick up the big 6-4 win over the Wildcats down in Clearwater. Big win for the Seminoles. Arizona's offense was held in check in that game by Florida State's solid pitching. Now, Kendall Fritz's 12 strikeouts led Texas Tech to a 3-1 victory over the Buffalo Bulls. Courtney Wallace got rocked as Oklahoma State rolled to the 10-0 five-inning win over the Corn Huskers to start the clean, uh, Clearwater Invitational to, at 2-0. and Which, you know, I figured I would hope, Bill, I was hoping Billy uh, Andrews and Courtney Wallace were able to keep Nebraska in with the Cowgirls, but it's not how it panned out, so it is what it is. Uh, but Oregon State avoided a bad loss to Illinois State as they get the walk-off wild pitch by the Redbirds to get the one nothing victory. 
Autumn Courtney's 11 strikeouts leads Queens, a newly minted D1 program, as of this season, out of the A-Sun, or Atlantic Sun, to a 9-2 win at Winthrop. UCLA handles Nebraska with relative ease in an 8-0 six-inning victory to start their Clearwater Invitational. Despite eight strikeouts from Nebraska's Sarah Harness, San Diego State was able to pull out a huge victory at home against the Wichita State Shockers 3-2. Big resume-building victory for the Aztecs as they move closer towards the top 25. And then to end Thursday's action, BYU waltzed into Tempe, took down Arizona State 10-5 to open their weekend out in the desert. And I'll say it, I said it last week and I'll say it again this week. Oregon State and Arizona State are the early disappointments of the season. Will they get things worked out? I believe more in Arizona State's ability to get things worked out and on the right track, but we'll have to see how it all plays out come Pac 12 time. Uh, but let's move on to Friday's action. Emily Kennedy was able to hold off a a uh, late rally by Arizona in the 7th, which led the Texas A&M Aggies to a big 2-1 upset in Clearwater, which has them in the top 25 in the, I believe, ESPN USA softball poll this week. Kylie Naomi's two home runs for RBIs, plus pinch hitter Katie Lott's walk-off double, lifts the Oklahoma State Cowgirls to a massive 10-9 victory, over the Virginia Tech Hokies in Clearwater. Ruby Malin's 12 strikeouts sparked Washington's 10-0 five-inning victory over Hofstra. Forgive me, I lost my place. Alright. Uh, UTA pulled off their second Power 5 victory of the season and their first ranked win of the season in a 4-2 upset of Kentucky. Absolutely massive win for the uh, UTA Mavericks program. Kentucky showing a little bit of vulnerability there for a hot second. Uh, but Duke picked up a solid 5-2 victory over South Florida down in Clearwater. Not, uh, but to be fair, South Florida, I believe, is sitting at 3-8 and eight currently after today's doubleheader, or Wednesday's doubleheader, this, however you want to describe it, because you'll be listening to it tomorrow on Thursday, so it would be yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, but Oklahoma left no doubt as they smacked Longwood 10 to nothing in five innings and made sure Longwood wasn't going to pull off the upset of the year thus far. Stanford has a star pitcher to compliment a lot of order in Najari Kennedy as she fired a 16 strikeout one hitter in the Cardinals 4 nothing win over Charlotte. Solid victory there for Stanford thus furthering their resume as Charlotte is actually now receiving votes in the two major polls. Florida State scored seven runs in the fifth inning to power their way to the 9-6 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks down in Clearwater. 
Stephanie Schoonover's 11 strikeout two-hitter propels Kentucky to a 4 nothing win over McNeese. And we'll talk more about McNeese in a little bit. Clemson absolutely demolished Northwestern 15-2 five in five innings in the ACC Big Ten Challenge at home. I really didn't see Northwestern getting absolutely blown out of the water like that, even if it was in at Clemson. Um, but that I think that firmly plants Clemson as a team looking for a super regional hosting bid um, when we get to the tournament time. Uh, they're one of the top five or six teams in the country, I would say, at this point. Um but we'll let the season play out more so we can develop a more refined opinion. But Amelia Lick's two-run home run in the sixth lifts Maryland past Virginia 2-1 to in the ACC Big Ten Challenge down in Chapel Hill. Just a little... Uh, neutral side action for the ACC Big Ten Challenge in some places. Uh, but anyway, Nor uh, Lauren Durkowski had eight strikeouts, but that wasn't enough as Central Florida powered their way to the 8-2 victory over the Wolver Michigan Wolverines in Clearwater. And Arizona's week in Clearwater went from bad to worse as Mississippi State took down the Wildcats 6-3, which... Again, it's a little bit shocking given how Arizona's offense has been playing up into the Clearwater Invitational. Um, but we'll see if they're able to uh, recover a little bit more and make it uh, get their offense back on track. But Mariah Lopez's 10 strikeouts weren't enough as Maddie Young's two-run single in the sixth lifts Central Arkansas, the Sugar Bears, to a huge 2 nothing win over Pac-12 Utah. So that's a great win for Central Arkansas. Uh, Virginia Tech picked up a 6-4 victory over the Nebraska Cornhuskers down at the Clearwater Invitational. Leave it to Kayla Conwent to get the Badgers the win over Georgia Tech thanks to her two-run home run in the seventh to take home the 6-3 victory. Ashley Prangy was able to tattoo Megan Framo twice, and Montana Fouts had nine strikeouts, but it still wasn't enough, as Megan Framo picked up 13 strikeouts and led the Bruins to a huge 5-3 win over the Tide, part of a big weekend that propelled UCLA to the number one national ranking. More on that later. Dariana Orm threw a 10-strikeout perfect game for the Baylor Bears in their 3-0 win over Stephen F. Austin at home. And more on her on in the Saturday recap, which we'll get to here shortly. Akron's Haley Croyle throws a 12-strikeout one-hitter in the Toledo... Uh, oh, geez, I mixed up. Excuse me, the Akron Zips. Uh, in their 4 nothing win over Creighton. Wrote down the wrong team. That's my fault. <laughs> I got my signals crossed there for a second. Uh, but anyway, 
Lena Elkins throws a no-hitter in Charlotte's 1-0 win over St. John's. Unfortunately, UTA wasn't able to replicate their magic that they had against Kentucky as North Texas was able to slam them 8-0 in five innings in Denton, Texas, which is North Texas's home. Stanford scores two runs in the 10th inning to get a massive win at SEC Georgia, 3-1. And more on that, uh, uh, their second game coming soon, but which we'll, I'll dive into a, just a tiny bit deeper there. Uh, but Hannah Meshnick throws a no-hitter in Illinois State's 9-0 six-inning shocking win over Weber State. To be honest, I... Th- I really have expected more out of Weber State so far this season, but, you know, that's what makes conference season fun. You can play your way into the tournament and just have a fantastic season or change. Shall we say the perception of how the season is going? Uh, But let's move on. Washington scored four runs in the final two innings to avoid a bad loss at Houston, 6-3. Jenna Green, you'll hear her name several times throughout these podcasts and episodes. She threw 14 strikeouts in Presbyterian's 6-3 win over IUPUI at home. Boise State pulls off a stunner by run-ruling Wichita State 8-0 in six innings to pick up a huge win. And Boise State's, uh, they're, they're a case of, they're a good team, but it's really good to pick up a win over a Wichita State team that has the best hitter in the country. And we'll talk about her in the stats portion. But Ashley Miller threw a 10 strikeout one hitter in Michigan State's 7 nothing win at Elon. Jada Cecil throws 12 strikeouts in UC San Diego's 1-0 win over Utah State. She's, a, uh, she's another pitcher that's not going to get enough love nationally, but she's a very good, solid pitcher out there in the, uh, I think in the Big West is where UC San Diego plays. Uh, but uh, Katie Gardner threw 10 strikeouts in Western Kentucky's 6-2 win over Delaware. Aaron Hunt's 11 strikeouts weren't enough in the Toledo Rockets' 4-2 loss to Louisiana Tech. Grace Lado threw 10 strikeouts in four innings in Central Michigan's 13-3-5 inning win over Delaware State. Jenna Hardy's 11 strikeouts weren't enough as Kelsey Lewis's three-run homer in the fourth inning lifts Missouri State to a solid 3-1 win at South Alabama which South Alabama has a pretty good one-two punch in Jenna Hardy and Olivia Lackey, but Missouri State was able to solve at least one of them in that game, so got to give the Bears, the Lady Bears credit there. Leanna Johnson, you'll hear her name several times throughout the year as well. Her 12 strikeouts lifted Troy to a 4-2 victory over Murray State at home. 
Kennedy Brown throws a no-hitter in UC Davis's 4-0 win over ULM. Haley Harper hits the walk-off as Kansas picks up a big 4-3 win over Liberty. And if you happen to look at Liberty's schedule and see that their record is 1-9, you can disregard that. One, they're going to pick up a hell of a lot of wins in the Atlantic Sun when conference play starts. But their non-conference, I've mentioned it before, is just absolutely grueling. Uh, and it really prepares them well as it gets closer to NCAA tournament time. Um, and we'll we'll talk about that more closer to the tournament. Uh, but Olivia Price threw a no-hitter in Eastern Illinois' 6-0 win over Alabama State. Unfortunately, she was a walk away from a perfect game, though. Which is unfortunate. Uh, but Stevie Hansen throws a no-hitter in Oregon's 9-0 six-inning victory over Utah Valley. Again, a walk kept the perfect game from happening. Kaysen Korth throws nine strikeouts to lead BYU past Oregon State 3-2, thus leading uh, to more credence to the Beav- uh, Oregon State Beavers and Arizona State Sun Devils problems that they're experiencing early in the season. Aiden Brown's 10 strikeouts were undone by relief pitchers. <coughs> Excuse me. Bases loaded walk to give Texas A&M Corpus Christi the 1-0 victory over New Mexico State. And if you haven't heard of Texas A&M Corpus Christi, their mascot is the Islanders and their jerseys are pretty freaking awesome just saying if you watch any of their games. But anyway, uh, Cameron Myers' 11 strikeouts weren't enough as Incarnate Word downs Omaha 3 to nothing. Omaha's a pretty solid mid-major program from the Summit League, and Cameron Myers is another pitcher that's not going to get eno- enough recognition for what, how she pitches, but luckily she did performed well enough for me to be able to recognize her here. Just in case, you know, they're not getting enough national attention. But Kinsey Seeley's 12 strikeouts lead the Northwestern State Lady Demons to a 5-3 win over the St. Thomas Tommies. Shannon Lacey throws 13 strikeouts in South Dakota State's 3-2 win over New Mexico State. Olivia Lackey, I just mentioned her, along with the Jenna Hardy at South Alabama. Well, Olivia Lackey had 10 strikeouts in four, in- four innings as the Jaguars combined to no-hit Mississippi Valley State 9-0 in five innings. Michigan gets on the right track, taking down Louisiana 7-6 down in Clearwater. Um, honestly, the way Michigan had looked... I thought Louisiana would win that game. Uh, But I got to give the Wolverines credit. The season may not have started the way they wanted to, but they certainly got a nice win there over the Raging Cajuns. Duke pitching combines for 15 strikeouts as they picked up a massive win over the Arkansas Razorbacks 7-4. Texas holds off a late charge by Omaha to avoid an embarrassing loss. 7-6. to six. 
Taylor Pleasant's three-run homer walks it off to give the LSU Tigers the 6-4 victory at home over Utah. Jordan Van Hook's two doubles, home run, five RBIs, led Arizona State in their 8-0 five-inning victory over Portland State at home. <clears throat> Riley Valentine's two homers, five RBIs, led Texas A&M to a big 7-0 win over Central Florida. Central Florida's kind of coming down off of the high of how they played opening weekend, so... I mean, they were at the biggest tournament for softball, as it stands, because they're on ESPN, the networks, instead of the Mary Nutter, which is on Flow Sports. But don't even get me started on that stupid crap. I could go down a rabbit hole talking about how much I hate Flow Sports and Flow Softball. Well, I don't hate Flow Softball. I just hate Flow Sports in general, because... But... We're going down the rabbit hole. I'm, not, I'm just going to move on. Um, McKenna Smith, two homers, five RBIs, led Cal past Long Beach State on the road, 8-4. Cal State Fullerton picks up a great win over an SEC team at home. Uh, no, it was down in Mexico. I wrote down at home. That's wrong. It was in Mexico. Taking down Ole Miss, 4-1. to one. So, great win for the Titans over there in Cal State, Fullerton. San Diego State picked up another solid win, 3 to nothing at home over Loyola Marymount, or LMU. And then lastly, Tori Grafone's 13 strikeouts lifted Providence past UMass, 2-1. Saturday, Cami Henry shuts down Notre Dame's offense as Northwestern rebounded from the thrashing to Clemson on Friday to pick up the win for the Big Ten 2 nothing. Texas A&M pitchers combined for 11 strikeouts as the Aggies took down South Florida 5-1. Kelly Maxwell threw 10 more strikeouts in Oklahoma State's 12-2 five-inning victory over Louisiana. I'm not just saying this now that James Madison is now a part of the Sun Belt, but I was hoping Louisiana would play Oklahoma State closer. Didn't pan out that way, unfortunately. Kaitlin Cox, two, uh, double in the sixth, lifts the Stanford Cardinal past Charlotte again in a 5-4 victory. Megan Grant's two-run single in the seventh lifts UCLA past Florida State to pick up a resume-boosting 6-4 victory in Clearwater. And I wrote this down before what happened to Oklahoma, but UCLA is well on their way to making a strong case for the number two national seed come tourney time. And you'll see later why that could potentially be a case for the one seed right now. Uh, but anyway, Charlotte Nichols' five RBIs gave uh, saved Florida from an embarrassing home loss to Bowling Green as the Gators survived 10-7. A fielder's choice in the 10th walks it off for Duke as they picked up the 4-3 win over Central Florida. Good win for Duke. Unfortunate for Central Florida. Sophia Pappas's 13 strikeouts weren't enough for Binghamton as Sacred Heart got the win 2-0. 
Annalise Kelly's 11 strikeouts were enough to lift Kent State past Niagara 2-1 in 8 innings. Najari Candidate did it again, shutting down Georgia's offense with 9 strikeouts to give Stanford the 3-0 win on the road. Between Najari Candidate and Alana Vauder, Stanford's going to be a tough out, and I wouldn't be shocked if Stanford gets to the top 10 nationally this season. I think they could very easily contend with UCLA for the Pac-12 title. I just need to see more from Stanford's offense. If Stanford can get their offense going, they might beat the second best team in the Pac-12. Just nuts, by the way. Um, but I, I'm in, certainly enjoying watching Stanford play softball. They're doing things right right now, so that's good. Jocelyn Erickson's two doubles, home run, eight RBIs, pace Oklahoma's offense in a 22 to nothing five-inning drubbing of Stephen F. Austin. Julianne Bolton's 11 strikeouts led UMass to a 5-3 win over North Dakota. Robin Heron's 12 strikeout shutout led Arkansas to a 7-0 win over Indiana. Maryland seems to be handling their new top 25 ranking well as they took down Virginia again 6-4 in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Oklahoma State's offense continues to be elite as they smack Michigan's pitching in a 15-6 six-inning victory in Clearwater. Sam Rowe walks it off for the Gators as they took down UConn at home 4-3. Billy Andrews' home run in the fifth was the difference in Nebraska's 4-3 win over Texas A&M in Clearwater. And just for kicks, she also had another home run in the game as well. Another solo home run. But, moving on, Cal State Fullerton pulls off the upset, taking down Tennessee down in Mexico, thanks to a 5-4 victory. So yet another SEC win for Cal State Fullerton, which is why they're starting to receive votes for the top 25, and I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think simply because they're, if they were Power 5 like Maryland, I think they'd be top 25 right now, but that's just my opinion. But anyway, Lauren Sackett throws a no-hitter in Indiana State's 8-0 five-inning win over Maine. Hannah Shiflett's triple home run, four RBIs, single-handedly lifted James Madison to an 8-3 win over Fordham. North Texas's pitching combined for 11 strikeouts as they took down Sam Houston, 8-2 at home. Kristen White singles to the pitcher to walk it off as Alabama picked up a 6-5 eight-inning win over Central Florida. Unfortunate. I kind of wanted to see Central Florida take down Alabama, but it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. Uh, Bailey Parshall's 11 strikeouts led Penn State to a 4 nothing win at Jacksonville. Don't look now, but Penn State's unbeaten right now. They're perfect. They're uh, undefeated. And Bailey Parshall is a huge part of that. Another pitcher that I think needs more love nationally for what she's doing. Um, But 
That's for the rest of the the rest of the nation to figure out. I'm just trying to shed light on these pitchers and their performances or players. Anyway, Clemson holds off Northwestern late to pick up another resume-boosting win, three to two at home. Clemson's also undefeated at this stage, and we'll see if they can keep that up with games against Tennessee and Michigan State this weekend which I'll get to later. Uh, UCLA scores six in the first and never looked back as they took down Virginia Tech eight to four. Arkansas took down Louisiana seven to six. Again, another case of I hoped, I wished Louisiana could pick up a huge win like that, but it didn't happen. McKenzie Reduti's two-run hit lifts LSU past Utah at home two to one. Anna Jung's 10 strike, and forgive me if I pronounced her name wrong, led Charleston Southern to a 7-2 win over the Providence Friars. Brooke Plonka's 11 strikeouts led Georgetown to a 6-0 win over Wagner. Alabama Alabama steamrolled Indiana 10-0 five innings in Clearwater. Olivia Dean walks it off to give Portland State a solid upset win over Oregon State. The Beavers' day went from bad to worse, losing to Weber State later that day 3 to nothing. Again, Oregon State very disappointing thus far this season. Reese Basinger's 12 strikeouts weren't enough as Nevada took home the 1-0 win over Winthrop. K.K. Ladner fires 15 strikeouts in 8 innings as Southeastern Louisiana picks up the 3-2 9-inning victory over Gardner-Webb at home. Don't look now, but Southeastern Louisiana is also undefeated. And K.K. Ladner, big part of that. I'm very intrigued to see what the Lions look like this season as they move towards the Southland Conference play. Um, but Alex, uh, and forgive me if I say this, pronounce this wrong, Ekazareda's 11 strikeout, one hitter, leads Purdue to a 4-0 victory at NC State in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Paige Maynard throws a no-hitter in Penn State's 3-0 win over Bethune-Cookman. Another good, another compliment to Bailey Partial. Grace Vetsko's 11 strikeouts led St. Francis past Michigan State 8-5. A little bit shocking for me, personally, um, but that's the nature of the beast when it comes to softball at times. Ashley Trierweiler's two doubles, home run, six RBIs, led Santa Clara to a 12-3 win over UTEP. Emma Limley throws 17 strikeouts, but somehow that wasn't good enough as Arizona took down the Hokies 6-2 down in Clearwater. Arizona was able to fix their offense enough to get past uh, Virginia Tech and Emma Limley, despite striking out 17 times, which is crazy that they still won. But you got to give them credit for sticking with it. Caitlin Young's 12 strikeouts lead 
Lehigh to a 5-1 win over UMass Lowell. Macy Birdieshaw's 10 strikeouts led North Alabama to a 12-0 five-inning victory over Bradley. Alright, give me one second so I can get a little drink here. Alright, back to Saturday's action. Jordan Weber throws a no-hitter in Missouri's 8-0 five-inning win over FIU. Aiden Brown's 11 strikeouts in 6 innings carried New Mexico State to a 4-2 win at UTSA. Stephanie Schoonover throws a huge 18 strikeout no-hitter as Kentucky picked up a solid 4-0 win at North Texas. Maya Johnson's 13 strikeouts led Belmont to a 4-3 win a uh, 4-3-10 inning win over Samford. I mentioned her name again. Olivia Lackey's 10 strikeouts led South Alabama to a 10-0 five-inning win over Missouri State. Odie Vasquez's tw 10 strikeouts led St. Mary's to a 2-0 win over Utah State. Oregon State, uh, Oregon, not Oregon State, the Ducks scored three runs in the seventh to take down San Diego State 6-4. Good win for Oregon as they're trying to stay ahead in the stay in the top of the Pac-12 discussion. And then Tara McGowan's home run five RBIs led Oregon to a 9-4 win over LMU. Matty Erickson's single in the seventh lifted Michigan past Mississippi State 5-4 down in Clearwater. Tennessee picks up a solid 5-1 win over Liberty down in Mexico. Allie Kilponen shuts out Central Arkansas's offense 1-0 at home for the LSU Tigers. And again, Central Arkansas proved they could hang with LSU there. Uh, but Kansas picked up a great win over Ole Miss in a 2-1 victory down in Mexico. Ole Miss not looking so hot right now, but yet somehow they're still, uh, you know, they're still an SEC team, so they're going to get love in some way, somehow. And lastly for Saturday, Marshall's Sidney Nestor and Chattanooga's Taylor Long both had nine strikeouts, but Chattanooga picked up the win. 7-4. Moving on to Sunday's action. James Madison was starting to get on a roll as they took down Ashley Miller in Michigan State in a 5-0 win where Alyssa Humphrey threw a 9-strikeout 3-hitter. Kylie Lingenfelter throws a 12-strikeout 1-hitter in Penn State's 10-0 5-inning win over Memphis. Again, another compliment to Bailey Parshall. Emma Limley threw 15 more strikeouts in the Hokies' 4-0 win, uh, win excuse me, over South Florida. Emma Limley doing her thing. And no one can blame her for that. Josie Marin throws an 8-strikeout one-hitter in Mississippi State's 8-0 5-inning win over South Florida. Yeah, South Florida without Georgina Cork, not good, to be honest, at this stage. I hope they can recover, but I, I, I'm not seeing it right now. Izzy Kemp's 10 strikeouts led Dayton in an 11-3 five-inning win over Villanova. 
She also threw seven walks, if anyone was interested in that as well. Duke, Kansas, Michigan, yet another loss as they took the 6-3 win. Kelly Breen's home run, six RBIs, led Syracuse to an 11-4 win over Iowa. Mac Leonard's two home runs, five RBIs, paced Florida State's offense in a 10-2 six-inning victory over Louisiana. Again, Louisiana didn't show up for that game. But later that day, Montana Fouts shut down the Florida State offense in a 2-1 victory for the Tide to split the Seminoles' day. Cal State Fullerton yet again with another solid victory, a 7-0 win over Liberty in Mexico. Chloe Culp's two home runs, six RBIs, led the North Florida Ospreys to the 10-0 five-inning win over Bethune-Cookman. Central Arkansas plays LSU tough again, but was unable to get the victory in a 3-1 loss in Baton Rouge. Honestly, there in softball, there's nothing better than a Grand Slam walk-off. Which is exactly what Taylor Filla did in Florida Gulf Coast's 10-6 win over Florida Atlantic. Carson Armijo's home run six RBIs are the biggest are part of the biggest offensive slugfest this season as Texas Tech took down Santa Clara 16-14. Here's the big one. This is, pay attention for this one. Baylor go, does and takes down the Sooners, Oklahoma Sooners, at home 4-3 to in what I'm sure will be counted as a non-conference game despite both being in the Big 12. I'll talk about that here in a second. But Riley Crandall followed up the, that emotional win over the Sooners by throwing 11 strikeouts in six innings as Baylor picked up the 7 nothing win over Army. But back to Baylor beating Oklahoma. One, I'm glad Oklahoma has an early loss. Two, Dariana Orm was the orchestrator of keeping Oklahoma's offense at bay to get Baylor that victory. Three, it is the dumbest thing in the world that when two conference teams play each other in a tournament early in the season, which it doesn't happen a, a, a whole lot. It happens probably two or three times a season. But when it happens, it's considered a non-conference game, which I think is a load of crap. If you are playing a team in your conference, it should count as a conference game, regardless of the fact that you are playing the non-conference portion of your schedule. And it, it absolutely pisses me off when I see it in football. North Carolina plays Wake Forest. That's considered non-conference all the time. And I think it's the stupidest thing I have ever seen. I really hate this. Like, if you'd, you have these three-game series, you can cut... If you, they, it happens that the schedule works out... Why not just take one of those games off of that series and then count the one you play earlier in the season as part of that series? I don't get it. It's stupid. It blows my mind. 
and it's just a soapbox that I probably will die on when it relates to softball, but enough of that. Move on to the rest of Sunday's action. Olivia Gray had 10 strikeouts. That, combined with Logan Riggenbach's walk-off double, lifted the Portland State Vikings to a 7-6 win over DePaul. Jasmine Hill's home run in the bottom of the fifth lifted Arizona State past Weber State 3-2. So at least Arizona State was able to get back into it a little bit there. Kiana Campbell-Pua threw a perfect game in Hawaii's 7-0 victory over Montana. Alicia Denby's double home run, 6 RBIs, led the Fresno State Bulldogs to a 10-0 five-inning victory over Idaho State. I mentioned Jenna Green, her 10 strikeouts plus Morgan Hess's RBI uh, lifts Presbyterian Blue Hose past App State 1-0. You may remember Kylie Halverson transferred to Arkansas. Well, her double and four RBIs lifted Arkansas to a 6-1 win over Nebraska in Clearwater. Gabby Stagner's home run for RBIs led South Alabama to a 4-0 win over Rutgers. Taylor Fitch's grand slam in the first leads LMU to a 4-3 victory over UC Riverside. Bailey Miskin's 11 strikeouts led Colgate to a 4-2 win over Drexel. Bucknell's pitching combines for 12 strikeouts and a 2-0 win over Hampton. Haley Freudenberg's Double home run, five RBIs led Lamar to an 11-7 win over UTSA. McNeese picks up a great win at North Texas, 4-2. Again, McNeese is making some noise, and you should absolutely be paying attention to those cowgirls. Charlotte holds off Georgia to pick up the 6-5 win in Athens. Georgia took two losses to Stanford and that one at home that last this past weekend. It's not what the SEC is looking for, considering Georgia is so highly thought of and highly ranked right now. Um, is this just early season problems? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see till they play their first SEC series, which I believe is against Auburn, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong on that one. Uh, but T.R. Johnson hits a walk-off two-run single to lift Canisius past Boston University 6-5 in nine innings. Great win for the Golden Griffins there at Canisius. Alyssa Elmont, or Alyssa Imonts, 11 strikeouts, leads Siena in an 8-1 victory over North Carolina Central. A throwing error by Louisiana's right fielder in the 7th leads to a UCLA win 4-3 down in Clearwater. Now that, at least Louisiana, they took the now number one team in the nation almost to extra innings. But unfortunately, wasn't meant to be. Oregon State holds off Grand Canyon in the 7th to pick up the 5-4 victory. Maybe the start of Oregon State trying to get back to normal. Or at least more normal. 
Grace Garcia throws a perfect game in Tarleton's 8-0 six-inning victory over Texas A&M Commerce. Jenna Perez's 12 strikeouts lead Loyola Marymount LMU to a 1-0 win over Utah Valley. And then finally on Sunday, Shannon Doherty hit the game-winning run in the final game of the Tax Act Clearwater Invitational for Central Florida in their 6-5 win over Mississippi State on ESPN2. Monday, McNeese pulled off in the basically the only game that really mattered on Monday. McNeese pulled off the massive upset at home over Washington 3-2. There was a reason I had this game as one of the ones to watch on last week's podcast. McNeese is capable of these types of quality victories, and it doesn't hurt that they were at home to beat Washington either. Um, so great win for the Cowgirls. I'm excited to see them in southeastern Louisiana go against each other. Um, those are clearly the two best teams in the Southland Conference. So I'm looking forward to seeing them face off eventually. Uh, but Tuesday's action, Stephanie Schoonover threw 10 more strikeouts in Kentucky's one nothing win at LMU. In that game, Grace Lorsung's single in the sixth drove Kayla Kowalik in for the only run. Olivia Lackey shuts down that McNeese offense that comes off of that Washington win the day before. As the Jaguars of South Alabama scored all their runs in the first of a 3-0 win on the road. Clemson scores five runs in the first as they roll to a relatively easy 7-1 win at home over Georgia. Clemson's making the early case, as I said earlier, for a Super Regional hosting bid at this point. Alexa Langelier's double, two home runs, seven RBIs, combined with Megan Shorman's no-hitter, combined to lift the Rage and Cajuns past Central Florida in Orlando, 8 to nothing in five innings. I really thought UCF would play better at home against Louisiana, but Louisiana must have been pissed off with how their tax at Clearwater Invitational ended. Uh, Mackenzie Reduti's two home run, uh, two solo home runs lifted LSU past Louisiana Tech three to one down in Ruston, Louisiana. Yesterday's action, Wednesday. Duke's pitching combined for a no-hitter in the second game of a doubleheader, a home doubleheader against Charleston Southern in an 8-0 six-inning victory. Gabriella Nori throws 10-strikeout two-hitter in South Florida's 3-0 home win over Florida Gulf Coast in the first game of their doubleheader. Jenna Green continues her dominance as she fired 14 strikeouts in the first game of a doubleheader for Presbyterian against Western Carolina which was a 5-2 win for the Blue Hose. Two very good mid-major programs going against each other there. Jordy Chartrans, 10 strikeouts weren't enough, as UNCG takes a 3-1 loss at home thanks to Lindsey Hunt's 3-run homer in the first, which lifted Campbell, fighting Camels, to the win. 
Janai Kerr's home run in the bottom of sixth saved Florida State from a home loss to North Florida in a 4-3 victory. A throwing error by Jada Cody leads to walk-off win for Stetson at home against Central Florida 4-3. It's unfortunate to see that from Jada Cody. She's such a great player, great hitter. Um, but what a win for the Stetson Hatters to score three runs in the bottom of the seventh to walk it off. It's absolutely fantastic stuff for Stetson. Alabama didn't throw Montana Fouts, and it nearly cost them as they squeaked by Samford 3-2 at home. Leanna Johnson throws 13 strikeouts in Troy's 8-3 win at Mercer. And finally, Alana Vauder and Najari Kennedy combined for 10 strikeouts in Stanford's 4-1 win at Santa Clara. Alright, now that that's settled, let's move on to the Week 3 schedule. Starting on Thursday, I'll talk about the Mary Nutter Collegiate Cla- Classic separately here in a minute. Uh, but let's run through the games that aren't at that tournament. So today, tonight, whatever, since it's early Thursday morning, Arizona is playing a huge doubleheader at Arkansas, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing if Arizona's offense can travel down to Arkansas and what they're able to do. Longwood at Virginia's a low-key, off-the-radar kind of great game. Longwood, we know their prowess for making taking on Power 5 teams and beating them. Or or even just solid teams. And Virginia, they proved they could play with a top 25 team like Maryland. So Virginia's clearly on the right trajectory as a program. Uh, But... That's Thursday, Friday's action. Penn State at Charlotte. Very intrigued to see uh, Bailey Parshall and the rest of the Penn State gang take on Charlotte. Louisville still receiving votes in the ESPN USA softball poll, so they're at Central Florida, so I'm intrigued to see can you Louisville pick up a quality win down in Orlando, or will Central Florida be able to rebound from some tough losses this week in the midweek. Mississippi State at South Alabama. I'm always intrigued to see SEC versus top tier uh, mid-major like South Alabama. And they're getting them at home, so I would love to see Olivia Lackey and Jenna Hardy pull off the win. Michigan-Boise State's very interesting. Maryland at Baylor is also very interesting now that both teams are ranked. Arizona at Arkansas again on Friday, so another they'll play three games between today and Friday. Virginia Tech at Texas, a great matchup down there in the Lone Star State. Tennessee, Michigan State, I just want to see what Ashley Miller can do against Tennessee's offense which we'll talk about their offense here in the team stats portion. Southeastern Louisiana, they're still unperfect. They'll take that perfect record to Alabama and see if they can take down the Crimson Tide. I doubt they will, but I am very intrigued to see 
how they play against the Crimson Tide. Nebraska, Oklahoma State, I want to see better from uh, Courtney Wallace and Billy Andrews against the Cowgirls this time around. And then lastly, Friday, Stephen F. Austin at McNeese. Moving on to Saturday's action, Boston University at Charlotte. Boston University is a very good mid-major program, and I want to see what they look like at Charlotte as compared to what they played the last couple weeks. Wichita State at North Texas, very important game for both teams to try to write or get some gain even more momentum. North Texas is looking to get back on the right track. Wichita State's looking to keep going. Louisiana at LSU. That's a huge rivalry down there in the Louisiana country. <laughs> they might as well be their own country at this point when it comes to that rivalry. Uh, Michigan-Boise State again. Michigan at Stanford. Very interesting. We'll see who pitches for Stanford in that game, and will it be Lauren Durkowski to go against them? Um, it'll be interesting to see. Boise State, Stanford, obviously. Those three are all together there at Stanford. Another Virginia Tech at Texas. Tennessee, Clemson. Very noteworthy to watch that game. Another Southeast Louisiana at Alabama. Troy at Florida State. Can Leanna Johnson hold the Seminole offense down to potentially pull off an upset? Maybe. Clemson, Michigan State. I want to see Ashley Miller go against the Clemson offense now. And they'll play again on Sunday as well. Stephen F. Austin at McNeese again. Ole Miss at McNeese. Can McNeese keep their prowess going? They took down Kentucky. Can they take and or no, they didn't take down Kentucky. They took down Washington and North Texas. Can they now take down Ole Miss? Penn State, Boston University, um, and Ole Miss, Stephen F. Austin. Moving on to Sunday's action, another Wichita State at North Texas, another Louisville at UCF, LSU will go to Louisiana for the return trip of that rivalry, Michigan at Stanford again, Boise State at Stanford again, Clemson, Michigan State again, Ole Miss at McNeese again, Penn State, Boston U again, and Ole Miss, Stephen F. Austin. Monday, Monday we got Ole Miss at Louisiana. Should be very interesting seeing what the Raging Cajuns can do against the Rebels. And South Dakota State at Central Arkansas, the Jackrabbits visit the Sugar Bears. Two very decent mid-major teams going against each other, and I look forward to that kind of a spokesperson for the mid-major unofficially speaking. Tuesday, the only game really of note for me is UTA at Baylor, simply because UTA beat Kentucky. Does that mean they can beat other Power 5 teams, including Baylor? We'll have to find out. But on Wednesday, North Texas at Texas, 
can the Mean Green go into Austin and take down Longhorns? I think they can. I don't know if they will. Auburn at Troy. I think it's very interesting that Auburn is making the trek to Troy. We'll see if Troy is a if Leanna Johnson can match up with Maddie Penta and Annabelle Weidra. I don't think Troy's offense can match up with Bree Ellis and the rest of their lineup, but we'll have to see. Southern Miss, they're off to an 8-1 start this season. They're at Alabama, so I'm intrigued to see that, not just because Southern Miss is now Sunbelt. And lastly, a very under-the-radar um, mid-major matchup. Western Carolina will be playing a doubleheader at USC Upstate. Very intrigued to see how that goes. There's no doubt about that. Mary, all right, now let's talk about the Marionette Collegiate Classic schedule starting today, Thursday. Cal State Fullerton, San Diego State. That's a great matchup in and of itself. Cal State Fullerton will play Florida as well. Can Cal State Fullerton keep their very impressive run going thus far? San Diego State, Kentucky. We've seen Kentucky vulnerable so far. BYU, Missouri. BYU, Texas A&M. A couple of huge games for the Cougars. Kentucky, Washington. Definitely that game's worth monitoring. And possibly the the second best game of the tournament, UCLA, Florida. Friday's action, Cal San Diego. That's just, I'm intrigued to see a California matchup there. Cal State Fullerton, Oregon. Cal State Fullerton, Oklahoma. Again, interested to see what Cal State Fullerton can do. San Diego State, BYU, Arizona State, LMU. Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Oregon, Northwestern's a good matchup. Kentucky, UCLA, Washington, Long Beach State, and LMU, Utah. <clears throat> Saturday, San Diego State, Washington, BYU, Long Beach State, Texas A&M, UCLA, Missouri, Oregon, Missouri, Long Beach State, Oregon, Florida, Northwestern, UCLA, Northwestern, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Utah, and Oklahoma, LMU. Sunday, you got Arizona State, Long Beach State, and quite possibly the game of the year, Oklahoma, UCLA. One versus two in the nation. Well, two versus one. Uh, but anyway, give me one second to get a quick drink as we prepare for the stats. Alright, let's talk stats. One of my favorite things. Starting with the individual stats. Wichita State's Cindy McKinney leads the nation in batting average at .771. Super impressive through the first two weeks of the season. 23 pitchers have a perfect ERA in the nation, and these are as of Monday's games. Auburn's Maddie Penta leads the nation in strikeouts per seven innings at 
Florida State's McKenna Reed is second with 14. Kelly Maxwell of Oklahoma State, third, 13.1. And Stanford's Najari Kennedy, fourth with 13. Megan Framo leads the nation in victories with seven. Maddie Penta tied for second with six. And five are tied for fourth with five. Allie Cummings of Miami of Ohio leads the nation in slugging percentage at 1.533. Oklahoma's Jocelyn Erickson is second, 1.333. Clemson's Valerie Cagle and Florida's Skylar Wallace are tied for fourth with 1.273. Sydney <laughs> McKinney leads the nation in on-base percentage at 0.789. South Carolina's Jen Cummings, second in the nation, .724, and Skylar Wallace, fifth, .694. Sydney McKinney also leads the nation in hits with 27. UCLA's Maya Brady, second with 21. Valerie Cagle and Missouri's Jenna Laird, tied for third with 19. Stick with me here. Maya Leah Bethea of Hawaii, Valerie Cagle, and Arizona State's Jordan Van Hook are all tied for the lead in home runs with six. Too many are tied for fifth, so I didn't go into that. Taylor Pleasance of LSU leads the nation in RBIs with 21. Baylor's Shaylin Govan, second with 19. North Florida's Chloe Cope and Wichita State's Lauren Lucas tied for third with 18. And Wichita State's Zoe Jones and Arizona's Carly Scoopin tied for fifth with 17. Ten players, uh, ten pitchers have a perfect strikeout to walk ratio. Skylar Wallace also leads the nation in triples with three. And my most favorite category, Megan Frama leads the nation in strikeouts with 69. Maddie Penta second with 55. Virginia Tech's Emma Limley, third, 53. Alabama, Montana, Fouts, fourth, 51. And Michigan State's Ashley Miller, fifth, 49. So let's move on to the team stats to wrap up this week's podcast. Florida leads the nation in batting average, .435. Clemson, second, .415. Arizona's third, .392. USC Upstate comes in at 4th, 0.391, and Texas is 5th, 0.389. Three teams have a perfect 0 ERA. Penn State, off of Bailey Partial and her compliments. Quinnipiac, Western Carolina. Although I'm pretty sure Western Carolina lost that in their doubleheader to the fourth team play, uh, fourth in the nation team in ERA, Presbyterian, who's 0.62. Pretty sure both of their ERAs went up, specifically Western Carolina. But North Texas is fifth, 1.09. Western Carolina also leads the nation with a perfect fielding percentage, only team. ULM second, 0.992. Stanford third, 0.989. Western Kentucky's fourth, 0.988, and Purdue is fifth with 0.988. The 
The only difference that separates them is how many games they've played. Miami of Ohio, surprisingly, leads the nation in home runs per game, 2.4. Clemson, second, 2.1. Texas Tech, third, 2.09. Arizona State and Virginia Tech are tied for fourth, 1.8. Florida leads the nation in scoring, or runs per game, at 11.8. Tennessee, second, 9.14. Arizona and Clemson tied for third, 8.7, and Auburn is fifth, 8.7, or 8.4, excuse me. Clemson leads the nation in slugging percentage, 0.742. Florida comes in at second, 0.737. Miami of Ohio, third, 0.669. Texas Tech, fourth, 0.658, and Georgia, fifth, 0.643. Ten teams are still perfect, undefeated. I mentioned them. UCLA, Clemson, Florida, LSU, Southeastern Louisiana, Presbyterian, USC Upstate, Penn State, Siena, Western Carolina. Well, you can take Western Carolina off that list now, but Penn State leads the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio, 10.75. Auburn 2nd, 10.56. Alabama 3rd, 10.14. Western Carolina 4th with 10. And then UCLA 5th, 7.64. Florida leads the nation in walks by 15 with 73 on the season through two weeks, which is crazy. UTSA is 2nd, 58. Texas A&M 3rd, 56. Florida State 4th with 53, and then three teams are tied for 5th at 52 walks. Last that I got for you, on-base percentage, Florida leads the nation .57, Clemson is 2nd, .488, Texas A&M 3rd, .476, Coastal Carolina comes in at 4th, .475, and Tennessee is 5th, .472. So that's all I have for you this week. A ton of things have gone down. Oklahoma lost the game earlier than normal, so that's something we're all dealing with in our own way. Um, Which means they're not the number one team in the nation anymore. Um, So that's (laughs) something interesting to look forward to. Um, as the season goes along, will Oklahoma remain number two, or is that spot reserved for somebody else this year? That's that's pretty much the key, um, and I'm very intrigued to find out, as well as the rest of you should be, um, but plenty of great games this week, um, Again, I have my problems with Flow Sports, but if you want to watch the Marionetta Collegiate Classic, it's on Flow Softball. So, if you don't mind paying some money to watch softball, then by all means. I mean, I have ESPN Plus, but that's softball's not the only thing I'm watching ESPN Plus for. Um, uh, it's really irrelevant to the point. Uh, but uh, if you want to buy it just to watch I'm sure you could do it under a trial basis to watch just the 
the Marionette or Collegiate Classic, but that's something you'll just have to find out. Um, if you want to watch a ton of great games, there's plenty of plenty of places to watch them. Long, I mean, Longhorn Network will have those Virginia Tech Texas games, as well as anyone else Texas plays that this weekend at home. Um, so pretty much, how uh, just get it, get out there and watch as many games as you can, um, because you just you just don't know what greatness you're going to be able to see from week to week. Um, that's why I'm always watching that and I love the game so um, but until next week have a great week everybody um, enjoy all the softball again as we move into the third week of the collegiate softball season um, really looking forward to the games this weekend as you should be too um so check those out. Have a great week, everybody. I will have another uh, podcast for you next week. But until then, have a great week. Enjoy the softball. Peace out. It's your main man, Tyler, signing off with the Around the Bases podcast. Tyler out. <laughs>